With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. It's Monday. It's March 4th. And the word of the day is emergency, which means brown people. Used in a sentence, (laughs) Donald Trump has done more for emergencies than any other president in U.S. history. Oh, you don't know how easy this makes my life, Heath. I'm afraid of emergencies. I don't want my kid dating an emergency. It's so much better. (laughs) (laughs) We even got an emergency (laughs) co-host. What do you like, part emergency? Yeah, I'm technically an emergency. There we go, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm Andrew Torres. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, we replaced Noah with our other smart guy. (laughs) We managed to do half as many headlines, but take twice as long now that I'm here. And we learned that Spike Lee can't read which is why he knows nothing about the abolition of civil rights. (laughs) But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight, our fellow skeptic rats, Andrew Torres and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, are you ready to bust instead of Bernie? (laughs) It's Monday. Sorry, I just, ever since this show started, I really, really wanted to get on and do my best Heath singing smooth jazz voice. (laughs) It's Monday. Ah, that is so good, man. (laughs) No, but seriously, can we talk about Bernie just real quick before we start? Like, (sighs) just in general, I like Bernie Sanders. I like a bunch of the stuff he says. I'm in favor of it. Uh, I just don't think he's the best chance Democrat candidate. He's not even a Democrat, technically, but I don't think he's the best chance candidate. And is is that not obvious to most people or am I wrong or more importantly, whether we agree or disagree with your support of Bernie, we will gargle his balls for however many months there are between the primary and him being elected president. Oh, absolutely. If he wins the primary, I'm all the way on board. I I love Bernie. He's great. I get I get I, I get lefty. Atheist president, Jewish president, I'm 100% on board. You don't have to worry about me not supporting I'll support Bernie. I'll support Jill Stein. I'll support a Hitler in a jar like a tiny floating Hitler that pushes tiny buttons. Krang Hitler. Absolutely. (laughs) You got Krang Hitler inside Bernie. He gets my vote. Got it. Absolutely. So yeah, we're talking about the or bust part that's dumb when we're we're making fun of that, right? That's that's what I make. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Or bust is dumb. You, do you guys understand from Cause, seeing what happened since yeah, 2016? Because we've kind of busted, right? And 
Yeah. And here's the thing, like for many people who have sort of given us feedback about us seeming sort of aloof to Bernie or more popular candidates like AOC, it, it sort of has come from a place of, are you guys not on side? We're on side. We are afraid to participate in the primary because last time that happened, half of us went insane and elected Donald Trump. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely worried. Like, I would love to talk about Kamala Harris being a fucking cop, but what if she wins? Then you're going to be like, but you said she was a cop. I'm going to vote for Jill Stein. And then I have to come to your house and eat you. And then wear your skin as a suit to the voting booth. I'll be the one Democratic voter fraud in the nation. I'll be like, hello, it's me, douchebag Miss Harris hat. Click. I'm here to vote for the right person. I'll go home and not eat my own bones. What? <laughs> All right. Well, you guys you guys heard what the consequences would be. So that's what bust looks like. So I've already made let's... two phone calls for people who wanted voicemails. <laughs> I did a Kamala Harris voicemail. I did a Barack Obama voicemail for someone. Oh, He's not even running this God. year, but I did it because they promised to vote for the winner of the primary. And I'll do it for you. I will do it for you. There you go. Also, by the way, th there's there's other candidates that are progressive like Bernie, but aren't exactly him. They're maybe a little bit more electable. Maybe they're younger. Maybe they're a person of color, a woman. There's there's other positives out there who have similar progressive ideas. No, maybe they're older and one ninety fourth Native American. You ever think of that? <laughs> <laughs> She's younger, right? By a little bit. Then who? Bernie? Everyone's <laughs> yeah. younger but than yeah. Bernie by a little okay. Methuselah was like, Bernie, I don't think you should run. You're older. Like, I'm worried about who's going to be your vice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just wanted to put that out there. I, I know we have a lot of Bernie supporters who listen and like, yeah, we probably agree on almost everything, but he's. I just don't think he's the best candidate. I don't think he's the best chance to win. And literally, that's the most important thing to me right now. His and, best chance to win. And again, keep in mind, if that upsets you, you can just wait because he's such a great candidate. He's going to win. So you can just wait. And when he wins, you'll get to hear us on this show being like, you know, uh, we've obviously spoken against Bernie in the past, but he is we obviously. And Noah's going to be like, wait, 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 wait. I love Bernie Sanders. And you're going to be like, yeah, I love Bernie Sanders. It's going to be great. There you go. Look forward to it. Uh, so why don't we get into headlines? You guys ready? Yeah. Paul Harris is a cop. All right. Here we go. Here we go. In our lead story tonight, um, you guys remember when the Republican Party tried to steal an election? Uh, you... Sorry, Keith, do you remember when that didn't happen? Is a better question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, uh, on, on this show, do, do you guys not get the hundreds of angry emails complaining about how it's all superdelegates who stole the 2016 election? And, you know, they say that while in the next sentence somehow pretend that that wildly non-representative caucus states should count double or something like can, you don't can, can I live here? <laughs> yes, you can, Andrew. Yes, you can. Oh, God. Okay, sorry. Yeah, uh, the Republican Party trying to steal an election. That was super vague. Yep, Let me be you. way more specific. Remember when North Carolina Republican Mark Harris tried to win a seat in Congress last year by carrying out a giant campaign of election fraud? I do. He sent around a team of freelance mailmen that somehow got people. They were wearing Groucho Marx glasses, I guess, and they collected absentee ballots from Democrats. Yeah, and we're, then we're not all that smart. So. <laughs> Apparently not. And then his dog ate them all. It ate all the absentee ballots from the Democrats. Huh. Yeah. So that guy is not going to be running in the new election. Apparently that was up for debate until last Tuesday, though. <laughs> but after really thinking it through, Harris decided he shouldn't be running because... 
of his health. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His reason. <laughs> Got Cardinal Pell's flu. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Harris ended up winning the election last November, allegedly, by 905 <laughs> votes. But then the obvious giant fraud allegations came out. So the Board of Elections looked into the case. And they discovered that Harris hired a political operative named L. McRae Dowless Jr. to be in charge of his ballot-stealing brigade. And they were like, hey, um, we're going to keep investigating this, but we're pretty sure that guy killed Kennedy. Uh, also, <laughs> he looks like the salad tosser for every Aryan Brotherhood prison gang in all those shows. So not a great start. We're going to keep going, but already, because of just that, pretty sure you're guilty. And... Um, just in case the name L. McRae Dallas Jr. wasn't <laughs> enough by itself, the board also noticed that Harris won 61% of the absentee ballots in a county where Republicans were only 19% of absentees. Yeah, and, and also that, that six on the return looked suspiciously like a one with a loop added to it at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a Robert Caro deep joke for yep. uh, like seven of your listeners out there. They'll get it. They're there for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Board of Elections declared his victory a fraud, and they ordered a new contest a couple weeks ago. They called a do-over, like we're fucking eight-year-olds playing wiffle ball, but... Apparently, their ruling did not include the phrase, oh, yeah, and the cheater guy obviously can't be in the new election. Feels like we shouldn't have to say that, but we're saying it. So, But they didn't include that phrase. So Harris had to decide on the best course of action, and he finally landed on not running, and he claimed it's because of memory problems, two recent strokes, and also memory problems. <laughs> um, I guess those strokes didn't, like, really kick in until right after the fraud got uncovered. This is a weird coincidence. So he gracefully bowed out after disenfranchising a whole bunch of black people because of his health and apparently the advice of Liam Neeson. Yeah, he's just driving home next to Bill Belichick and Pete Rose inside Mark McGuire's giant head. Poe buddy's nerfect, am I right? <laughs> yeah, but seriously, <laughs> fuck Pete Rose, by the way. Fuck Pete Rose. Fuck, fuck everyone in that car and that car. I just got beat up by Cincinnati because they heard through my headphones about that. Yeah. But yes, fuck Pete Rose. So despite this whole thing being shenanigans, there might be some good news in the end. The guy who actually won the election in November uh, that we already have an obvious winner for and definitely shouldn't need to call interference and have a do over. That winner is former Marine Dan McCready. And he'll be running again with a strong shot at becoming the first Democrat to hold the House seat for North Carolina 9 since 1963. So get excited about it. If you need a fucking stamp, call us. <laughs> Actually, especially if you're a Republican over there, we will handle the whole stamp process for you. Yep. We, we've got it. Those are our eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we'll take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Policy Genius. Hi, I'm Andrew Torres. I'm legal representative for Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC, and I am here to talk to you about PolicyGenius.com. Andrew, 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 we found a grenade. I found it. I actually I, no, found it. No, no, I picked it up. You just saw it. Yeah, I, I just saw I, it. I found a grenade. seeing it first. I found a grenade, Andrew. You know, with a client like mine, it's never a bad time to remind you that Policy Genius is the easy way to get life insurance. 
In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find the best policy for you. It's not even live, so it's not I bet even... it's live. I oh. bet it's live. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I bet it's live. I found it. And... Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy, they also make it easy to find the right home insurance, auto insurance, disability insurance. They're your one-stop shop for financial protection. No, the pin keeps it armed. It's like no. the safety on a gun. What are you talking about? Give me the pin and I will show you. No, no. So, if you find life insurance puzzling, head to policygenius.com. In two minutes, you can compare quotes, find the right policy, and save up to 40% doing it. He blew up Eli your blew office. Up your office. He, Eli he blew it up. Uh, Eli found a grenade. Policy genius. The easy way to compare and buy life insurance. <laughs> and in Abe Froman news tonight. The former taxi king of New York, Michael Cohen, <laughs> testified before the House Oversight and Reform Committee last week. Ferris uh, Bueller. Yeah, it. loved it. Uh, formally telling us all everything we've known for a year, uh, and that is the president of the United States ordered his personal lawyer to take out a home equity line of credit on his house to pay hush money to Stormy Daniels one month before the election. Oh, while his supporters were chanting, lock her up over what was essentially a tech support issue involving the <laughs> other candidate. That was great. Um, and, and you shouldn't need a lawyer to tell you this, but when someone pays to secretly shut up your porn star mistress, we call that a campaign contribution. And when you hide it, that's illegal. That's like impeach you out a 20th story window illegal. <laughs> In other news, the Family Values Party now wants you to know it's no big deal to steal from your charity to pay off your porn star. Also, pronouns are slavery. <laughs> yeah. And and look, I, I get it that this story has been around for what seems like forever. But this time, the, the new development was that Cohen brought documents. In particular, he brought a check made out from Donald J. Trump's personal checking account, signed in that story. Stupid fucking Crayola signature of his, <laughs> and 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 other check. Baby, oh he's a God. baby in uh, every way. It's, it's, it's the amazing. Worst. It's the worst. He's a gigantic baby uh, president. Yeah, <laughs> God. Uh, and other checks from other accounts, and they're all for the same amount, right? Thirty-five thousand dollars, which was part of the scheme of how they were going to hide paying back the lawyer who used his home equity line of credit to pay off the porn star. All of which. Kinda happens to corroborate that Cohen was being paid back for, you know, withholding information that just might have convinced 70,000 swing voters in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin that maybe the game <laughs> yeah. show host was not the best way to make America great again. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. But again, these are swing voters. <laughs> <laughs> it was October of 2016, and they still couldn't, like... Tease out a distinction between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And most of them, now we know, went with Trump in November because they're liars and bigots. Um, like, so what information could possibly affect these people? Apparently none, because Michael Cohen is basically showing us a video of him being like, uh, what'd you say, Donald Trump? You want me to take this Nazi gold out of this cash register to silence your affair? Cool. And now you're writing me a check and the memo says... For the crime with the Nazi gold and the porn star and the campaign contributions. And Trump voters are like, as funny camera angle. 
Jewish guy also, skeptical. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Little did we know that the secret to their hearts was to dress up like the ghost of Christmas future and show them a slightly lower tax refund. <laughs> Get some <laughs> running in droves. Uh. Uh, yeah. And oh, and and the other bombshell from Cohen's testimony was that Trump and his new personal lawyer, by the way, the only member of the bar dumber than Michael Cohen, Jay ACLJ Seculo, <laughs> reviewed Cohen's testimony and ordered him to lie to, to Congress about the Trump Tower Moscow project. In response, the president's spokesperson, Kaylee McEnany, <laughs> and and, and, and yeah, this feels like the eighth time in this two minute segment that I've had to say this. I swear I'm not making this up. She responded. Oh, yeah. Like like you're going to believe a guy who admitted that he lied to Congress about whether we asked him to lie to Congress. No, you you shave the barber. All Cretans are liars. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to gnaw off my hand so MC Escher stops drawing me. I'll be done in a second. <laughs> just handing Kaylee a subpoena under a toilet cubicle. No. 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 <laughs> oh. <laughs> not, not to be outdone, Seculo released the following statement, and, and this, is, this is amazing. Uh, it said, and I quote, Today's testimony by Michael Cohen that attorneys for the president edited or changed his statement to Congress to alter the duration of the Trump Tower Moscow <laughs> negotiations is completely false. <laughs> the duration. So, yeah. So, uh, look, as somebody who maybe is used to making oddly specific denials from time to time, yeah, that that's pretty much a sign confession. <laughs> we did not make him lie about the thing we've been lying about. Wait, fuck. Does I'm sorry. Do over interference. <laughs> uh, Michael Cohen. Twist my ankle. Did, did he say that we specifically said the words you need to lie about this fish food? Because we did not. We did not. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. What fish? What? I said we did not. I said we did not. Okay. <laughs> and with the collapse of the rule of law as we know it, let's pause for a word from our second sponsor, Blinkist. Hi, Andrew Torres here again. You know, sometimes condensed information can be a bad thing. Andrew, greenorbust.com says that if Jill Stein wins a kumite against a Wi-Fi router, Hillary gets to be president. Are you going to cover that I, on the show? I, I, I can't even tell you all the ways that that's untrue. Okay, got it. But quick doesn't always mean bad. That's why we're proud to be sponsored by Blinkist. Blinkist is the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes so that you can read or listen to. Andrew, did you see this thing about the Kumite? <sighs> you check that out? Yeah, yes, it's fake. Look, is it? Yeah, yes. Look, I like Blinkist because it's a fantastic way to catch up on the books I might not get a chance to read while driving, going for a walk, or even cleaning up around the house. Okay, what if she doesn't use a weapon? Use a weapon. I just came in here to ask that because exactly. I retweeted it. Anyways. Right? God, still no. Look. Really? Uh, yeah, really. No uh, weapon. Huh. Crazy. Uh, that seems weird. Right? Right now, Blinkist has got great titles like <laughs> Travel as a Political Act. <laughs> And Bob Woodward's fear. But best of all, for a limited time, they have a special offer just for our audience. 
Go to Blinkist.com slash Skeptocrat to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Skeptocrat to start your free seven-day trial. I'm sorry, Andrew, a seven-day free trial? Pull the other one, why don't you? (laughs) Yeah, man, get real. Yeah, I'm just going to try and stick with the copy here. That's Blinkist.com slash Skeptocrat. Oh, oh, look at this. If she beats Trump and Brett Kavanaugh, I get to be the weight I was when I was 18. Okay, but weren't you always, like, fat? Not not the point. fat kid, too? Not the point. Isn't it? (laughs) And in new clear solution news tonight. To the shock of literally nobody ever, the president, who couldn't negotiate a budget he had agreed to in the previous week and who paid his hush money in personal checks. I'm sorry. I just. (laughs) Okay, it's fine. It's fine. I can't talk about crimes I've committed. I have not committed crimes with personal checks. I'll just say that. Somehow, that guy. Have have you not? I'm just curious. (laughs) Not personal checks because I'm smarter than the president. Good to know. (laughs) Anyway, he managed to fail to achieve the complete and total nuclear disarmament of one of the most dangerous countries on Earth. This awe-inspiring failure took place at the so-called peace talks between North Korea and the U.S., which fell apart on Thursday. And uh, many of you are asking, what the fuck happened? And the answer is, interestingly, who the fuck knows? (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's hard to say what happened when... Just making Trump fly to Vietnam to fuck with him would be a perfectly reasonable thing for any world leader to do, in my opinion. Like, maybe Kim Jong-un just, like, walked into the meeting, told Trump, hey, hey, uh, grab a pen and paper. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something really important. Write this down. You ready? You got the pen and paper? And then he walked right back out laughing at him. Like, that would be totally worth it. That would be worth it. So we don't know. When we don't know. That's right. President Trump says... Kim Jong-un requested a total end to sanctions on North Korea in exchange for shutting down their main nuclear facility, but who the fuck knows? Maybe he walked out of the room like Nancy Pelosi didn't give him an extra Christmas present this year. There's no way to tell, because literally (laughs) everyone in the room was a crazy, dangerous liar who shouldn't have access to powerful weapons. (sighs) I want so bad for Nancy Pelosi to, like, you know, multiply like Agent Smith just so she can follow around Trump and his entire cabinet just golf clapping behind them everywhere the fuck they go. <laughs> oh, they need it. Either way, uh, the good news is that nobody started an all-out war, which was by no means off the table. Like, like if they had started a war, nobody would be like, what? Crazy! We'd all be like, yeah, it seems about right. And then your shitty friend Alan on Facebook would be like, I think we need to wait and see. And you'd be like, shut the fuck up, Alan! You teach middle school French, you stupid piece of shit! If I want your opinion on how to say where is the library, I'll call you! You Green Party voting piece of shit! We la bibliothèque. Nailed it. Anyways, I'm going to take a quick break for me to wait, lower wait, my Wait, 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 wait. Andrew wants to cover something. He's, I see a link here. Oh, Andrew, oh. will you describe this really quick? Yeah, there is a real headline in the New York Post, why people are throwing cheese at babies. <laughs> and, I, and I read it. So it's much. an actual thing. So yes. apparently 
that's it. Like, I, you, you would think that that's one of those headlines that reading the headline answers its own question. And it does. And you just watch it. It's literally nothing but uh, instant videos that have been sent out over Twitter. People throwing American cheese at their babies. It's great. Absolutely. It does answer the question. But that did not stop me from spending mm, five hours of my life watching <laughs> adult grown up people sneaking up on a baby with a craft single dangling in front of a camera and then just like, blam, slapping it right onto the face of the kid oh. with a throw. It's the best. And it oh. sticks on their stupid, sticky baby face. And the kid doesn't know what to do. It's the greatest. Mm. It's true. They can explain the irony to them later when they're an adult. <laughs> That's not even remotely the worst thing I've done as a parent. So, <laughs> Well... While we find out what the worst thing Andrew has done as a parent is, we're going to toss things over to our final sponsor for the day, Robin Hood. You know, here at The Skeptocrat, we like to keep things fun and fresh by presenting our ads as skits or humorous dialogues. But we know that not every podcast can do that without it being terrible. So when our advertisers send out a podcast-wide advisory for everyone to please just read the freaking copy, we understood. Somebody else screwed it up for everybody. So, with that in mind... Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right time to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Skeptocrat a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at skeptocrat.robinhood.com. Pull harder. I'm harder. as harsh as I can. Then use your blood wish. I told I you, you we don't have those. You definitely have We those. don't have those. I, 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 excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm Andrew Torres, the, the new lawyer you hired. Is is this the Lincoln bedroom? Like the car? Yeah, it is. Oh, Saraj, he's the new lawyer from Covington Barkaban. Uh, nope, nope, not my firm anymore. Oh, he's so handsome. Come here, baby. Do your knuckles always make that noise? Jais, these are wishes, cars. Melania! Melania. Look, okay, look. The reason I hired you, Mr. Torres, is that I was promised by your firm I would love the way I look. And, um, let's just say you fell considerably short of that promise. Yeah, that that's actually... Is, is that two sports jackets? Yup. Business in the front. Business in the back. You know it. Uh, just, wow, a lot of your naked torso is exposed. You like what you see? Because this butcher slices the pastrami thin. If you know what I mean. I, Andrew I, Torres. I, I do not, but uh, excuse me, because I would like to throw up now. Dibs. I'll get you bucket. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
And we're back. Next up on the docket, we're going to take advantage of having everyone's favorite Eli Wrangler and legal expert with us today and talk about the state of the Supreme Court. So, uh, Andrew, thanks again for joining us, lending your expertise. Well, thanks, Heath. It's uh, it's great to be here, and it's especially great to be here without having to hire a bail bondsman on behalf of <clears throat> unnamed members Whoever. of Puzzle in a Thunderstorm, LLC. I have mm-hmm. a name. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I said to bring dogs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, Andrew, I was hoping to get your opinion on the future of the court, but... Before we get into that, I had a few questions about the past and present of the court. So, uh, first of all, serious segment. You're a very serious, serious lawyer person. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's your favorite justice to fuck, marry, and kill, and why? Ooh. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, first, you, you guys know that my permission slip list is just Liz Warren spelled five different ways, right? <laughs> um, but uh, no, 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 serious question. Let me uh, dances uh, with golden retrievers. That's what uh, I call her. <laughs> she has this beautiful golden retriever. Uh, she's got yeah, it on no. Instagram. She's oh no, divine. believe me, I've it. I've seen I love it. it so much. She has a yeah. pet husband too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's um, great. Yeah, uh, no, but but serious question. Um, serious question. I, I'm trying to run through that. You know, there's a lot of low cards in that hand. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Kavanaugh's a drunken rapist, and he's like a million dollars in debt, so he's sort of out for all three of them. Uh, <laughs> RBG, I, I, I mean, on the one hand, like, boy, the conversations would be great, but uh, it, have you seen her workout regimen? I, I know she's only like 38 pounds, but you know, she, she kind of feels like she'd be the top, you know? So, Absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, uh, let's say uh, let's say Neil Gorsuch, right? Ooh. Uh, he's got yeah, he's got that salt and salt hair. That that <laughs> he's got those pouty lips. Yeah, uh, you were asking about all three at once, right? Because it it only works. Oh, you're done. It's yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's yeah. Gorsuch yeah. for yeah. fuck Mary kill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Gorsuch, Gorsuch, Gorsuch. It's just like the Joker's <laughs> wild, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. I actually like the question that Andrew interpreted out of mine better. Uh, Eli, same question. Ah, uh, okay. Well, the only way to stop 40 years of damning legal precedence is to kill... Uh, uh, I would that, marry... That's a joke. That's a joke. Kagan. I would marry Kagan. We're beeping this whole thing. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like the rest of America, fuck Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> All right. Okay. My turn. Uh, Andrew style the question. That's not what I said to do. That's cool. My turn. Heath, get ready. You're going to censor all of this. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh will be on the court for 40 years. Per second. Am I in trouble? Uh, uh, All right. Just uh, just so we're clear here, uh, as the official general counsel of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC, these are jokes. Uh, All representatives of the Secret Service who are listening. These are jokes. Nobody could possibly take Eli Bosnick seriously about anything that he's ever said in his entire life. These are jokes. Jokes, people. It's funny. (sighs) All right. Great. That was a long beep. And Andrew, (laughs) of all the decided cases in Supreme Court history that you agree with, which is the most important one that's currently in jeopardy of being overturned by the GOP's stolen court? And how realistic do you see that scenario? Yeah, um... Look, a, a lot of them, right? Like the 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 easy answer here is Roe v. Wade. It's the one that everyone is focused in on, and those concerns are super valid. I've talked about mm-hmm. this on my show, um, but I, I want to highlight. I, I'm 
kind of surprised that more people are not talking about what a precarious position we're in with respect to Obergefell versus Hodges. Um, are we really? I, 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 I really do. Um, so, I mean, let me let me kind of well, give a little bit of a preview on that. Right. So just this past term, the right wing activist Supreme Court overturned a 41 year old decision. Right. This was called Abood versus Detroit Board of Education. It was about non-political union. It doesn't really even matter. Right. Like all that matters was the Supreme Court said, hey, you know, that case that's been good law for 41 years on a relatively obscure aspect of you. Yeah. Sam Alito doesn't like it. So we're changing the rules 180 percent. And we're now going to call that speech uh, so that we can reach this conservative political outcome. Um, And and look like. 40 years is a long, long time for something to be settled law in in the Supreme Court, right? It's twice as long as Roe v. Wade was when we had the last honest conservative Supreme Court that called it settled law in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, right? Um, So that's a long time, and that just means nothing to this post-Gorsuch-Kavanaugh clown court. Um, and, Mm. and, And that takes us to Obergefell, which is less than four years old. Um, so does does the age actually there's no like official reason that the age counts, right? It's no, just like, kind no, of no, it actually cemented. it actually does. Right. Like one of oh, the, it does. Yeah. One of the primary tests for stare decisis, right, for whether an opinion should stand and be respected as precedent is the degree to which it's been settled law, that it's been workable over time, right? And the Abood decision was totally workable. It was not the slightest bit controversial. Everybody knew it. It was just like, oh, uh, we failed to pass right-to-work states, uh, right-to-work laws in in Michigan, and we had a super new conservative uh, Supreme Court, so let's take another crack at it and see if they change their mind, and they did. Um, And I think that that's going to happen uh, with Obergefell and the the reasons. So in addition to the fact that Obergefell is only three and a half years old, um, sometimes people forget that our newest swing justice, that everybody is patting themselves on the back, trying to write pieces about, you know, how he's siding with the liberals and this and that. Um, he wrote a scathing dissent in Obergefell. Are you talking about? Chief Justice Roberts, our yeah. swing justice. He's our yeah. swing justice. That yeah. liberal the bastion, middle. John Roberts. Yeah. I just wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that SJW. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and 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 seriously, like, I mean, I could link you to a half dozen articles that have been written because you know he didn't join in with the Howler Monkey contingent on the Supreme Court to instantly overrule Roe v. Wade with an indefensible uh, d- decision coming out of the Fifth Circuit. That was only, by the way, refusal to grant a stay. Right. Like, it's not like he's written anything that should convince anyone that he's moved at all to the left. But I'm digressing a little bit here. What what he did write in Obergefell was uh, many good and decent people oppose same sex marriage as a tenet of faith and their freedom to exercise religion is unlike the right imagined by the majority in this case, actually spelled out in the Constitution imposing same-sex um, marriage I did, did, he wrote this with a straight face imposing same-sex marriage right like neil and i are actually going to be forcibly married off uh, <laughs> cannot of course create any such accommodations for these religious people the majority graciously suggests that religious believers may continue to quote 
advocate. I mean, he puts scare quotes here, right? Continue to advocate and teach their views of marriage. The First Amendment guarantees, however, the freedom to exercise religion. Ominously, that is not a word the majority uses. I mean, I, I could go on, but look, like he was frothing at the mouth mad uh, during the Obergefell decision. He wrote that dissent and that's your swing justice right now. And so, yeah, if you're not terrified, you're not paying attention. Cool. He wants like exercise religion. Like you get your religion on people. Like you're allowed. (laughs) It's guaranteed that you can religion right into their face, like religion inside of them. What the fuck? Is that not the like opposite of the standard conservative ideology? You, you would think, but, uh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's because yeah. conservative ideology has always been by its nature reactionary. So pretending that it's ever stood for anything is impossible because it's always just been about not doing whatever liberals want. In our lifetime, it's mostly about convenience. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next question for you. Similar idea on the flip side of all the cases that you disagree with, which is the least reasonable from a legal perspective? Like, which is the one that... Uh, a bunch of Harvard Law School graduates mangled the hardest, in your opinion. Yeah, and 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 that's a slam dunk, right? I mean, like the the worst decision in in my lifetime. And and let me be clear: when I say worst, I mean least defensible intellectually. I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about Citizens United. I mean, we can talk about lots of different cases. Okay. That, uh, yeah. I was going to guess Citizens United, <laughs> but um, it sounds like you're going somewhere else. No, yeah. I'm. I am. I'm. I'm going with uh, with DC versus Heller, uh, which is the 2008 decision which um judicially lopped off half of an amendment because antonin scalia <laughs> liked guns um yeah and 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 uh, that's i mean i'm not being facetious about that right like quick refresher before 2008 in the 217 years of jurisprudence in which the supreme court analyzed gun control legislation they struck down zero federal or state laws as violating the second amendment none um, huh. And and again, let's go back in the District of Columbia. Right. Uh, it had been the law since 1968. Right. For 40 years that you pretty much couldn't have a handgun within the District of Columbia. Right. And then again, however you feel about gun control, like D.C. is a teeny tiny little place. Right. Like if you just if you absolutely have to have a handgun, you can work in D.C. and then you can literally like take a train two stops across the river into Virginia and go buy as many handguns as you want at Walmart, right? Start like, firing guns in the air right after work, it, like 10 minutes later. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, North Korea getting in and out of, of the district of Columbia. Right? <laughs> um, and, and, and I want to emphasize this. Nobody, like literally no one on earth thought that that was unconstitutional, right? Like the NRA grumbled about it and they always, yeah, but, but, it was decades. People just knew like, oh, yeah, D- D.C. has the strongest uh, gun control laws in the nation. Um, and then in the late 1980s, um, people that I will charitably describe as nut jobs started writing law review That's articles nice pretending that, you know, Thomas Jefferson owned an AR-15. Um, and, and, and then 20 and like that percolated through the Federalist Society and then four of them got appointed to the bench. Uh, and we finally got a conservative activist majority on the Supreme Court. And so they tried to take a whack at this question again. And, um, and, and 
out of whole cloth, uh, Antonin Scalia wrote an opinion that uh, that essentially reads the words a well-regulated militia out of the U.S. Constitution uh, and interprets the right of the people to keep and bear arms in a way that the court had never interpreted it, that is not remotely consistent with precedent, with current history, with past history, with the original views of the founding, with anything. Um, So, yeah, I mean, other opinions may be worse for our democracy or may reach worse outcomes. But but this is the worst application of the law that that I know of. Yeah. So opposite of originalism from Scalia because of convenience. Again, it's just a flip. It's the opposite of the conservative ideology again, right? Opposite of federalism. In fact, you said the the federalist society was all that that's the they struck down essentially a state's right, a, a D.C., not technically a state, but a state's right, essentially. Yeah. And and the reason they did that had to do with the incorporation doctrine. We don't need to get into. But two years later, uh, they uh, they brought the same kind of lawsuit and expanded it out to the states as well. And, you, and you're absolutely right, right. Like the original principle of federalism, the idea of states being laboratories of democracy. Right. You, you have you could not get a better illustration of that than uh, local gun laws in D.C. varying from gun laws in Virginia, you know. I thought that that's where we were supposed to defer, but apparently, um, apparently we're not. And, 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 and again, you know, the, the idea behind originalism is here's why it's so pernicious, because when you say the only thing that matters is the original intent of whoever wrote the provision in the first place, right? The founding fathers, when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the Bill of Rights or, you know, if you're talking about a statute or the 14th Amendment, right, it, it means what it meant to the people who voted for it at the time. Right. And what makes that so pernicious is you can disregard everything in between. Right. So if you say the only thing that counts is what did those words mean in 1791, then you don't have to deal with two centuries of jurisprudence about it. All you have to do is say, well, it's obvious to me that it means X. Right. Like, I mean, you know, it's it's sort of like the 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 test of biblical literalism, right? Like you 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 you, <laughs> it, it, you always figure out that uh, the founding fathers somehow you know would have all been dues paying members of the NRA, even though you know that proposition seems slightly dubious to me. But um, uh, yeah, it's it 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 is a formula for radical activism. Yeah. Um, okay. And just one other kind of idea I had. Tell me if this is realistic at all. Uh, even. You know, libertarians agree we can have some amount of laws, right? So maybe they don't agree with all the gun laws, but they agree that there could be like a little bit of regulation, at least, you know, like we can't all have bombs, right? So what if they they agree on uh, speed limits, for example, or at least some of them do. Um, Could we put a speed limit on bullets? <laughs> uh, Eli said they were pretty fast earlier. What if it was like they? You can have like Bullet Bill. You can they can go as fast as Bullet Bill if you want. But you can have guns. But it, it flies across the screen really slow. Somebody could theoretically jump on it. Jump up and flip it over. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like it. What ha- um, like what happens if somebody proposed a, a speed limit on bullets? I don't, well, I feel it's like. it's actually I mean, the the the, the closest comparison that, that I could go with is the uh, the Fourth Circuit's decision in, in Colby versus Hogan, uh, which upheld Maryland's um, assault weapons ban, despite 
DC versus Heller, which you know seemed to go the the opposite way. And um, and what the Colby Court did uh, at at the Fourth Circuit was was really really clever. They took the sarcastic parts. I'm not I'm not kidding about this. They took the sarcastic parts from Scalia's opinion and said, well, see, you know, so for example, Scalia had said, well, obviously, you know, the the individual right to keep and bear arms doesn't apply to you know military hardware. And uh, and they looked at it and they were like, see, look, Scalia created this military hardware test um and uh and, and they're they're kind of using his sarcasm against him from from beyond the grave which i loved that's fantastic uh, yeah no it's it is um that is the the precise reasoning at the fourth circuit so uh judges kind of sat down and were like yeah no we're gonna we are gonna pretend like this sarcastic asshole really meant the things that he said and uh and put in scare quotes so uh so i love it so i i i think you've i think you got a chance um again at the state and circuit court level, uh, it's obviously going to get struck down by our Supreme Court if you try to prevent, you know, uh, convicted Watergate plumbers from owning nuclear weapons. But you know. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Maybe we can not have death devices or maybe we can slightly regulate them going forward if we fix this a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, right. slightly. Uh, my turn. My turn. Uh, Andrew, the Supreme Court's existence depends on the decency of the electorate. Mm-hmm. Given what we now know, what is the best way to apologize to Earth Court guy? <laughs> oh, oh, hey, hey, hey. You may recall that I was a big proponent of having one Supreme Court for each continent, but but primarily for self-interest reasons, because opening arguments has become super popular in Antarctica now that we've been running our new segment, A Penguin Takes the Bar Exam. It's, he's, it's pretty adorable. So, I got to admit, yeah. he's, he's beating he, Thomas. It's embarrassing. <laughs> A lot of second chances. Gets a lot yeah. of second chances. <laughs> and Andrew reads it in a way that you can tell he's kind of hinting it to him, but sometimes he misses it. It's a thing. Quack. Quack. <laughs> Quack. <laughs> All right. And uh, that brings us to our plans for the future of the Supreme Court. So again, as we all know, the GOP just blatantly stole two seats on the court recently. And um, well, they need to sit in the corner and be punished. But more importantly... We need to fix the horrible damage done to the country by allowing Trump to pick Neil Gorsuch and Rapey McRapeface for the Supreme Court, not to mention a whole bunch of federal judges, too. So uh, question is, if we get a, a Democrat in the White House and take over the Senate, can we pack the court like FDR? What like what's the best strategy going forward, in your opinion? OK, so um, so here's how court packing would, would have to work. And I think you'll see why I'm skeptical. But but let's walk through it, right? First, we'd have to elect Liz Warren, right? We'd have to reelect a Democratic House despite gerrymandering and despite, you know, contrary intentions am- among the electorate. Um, and 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 we have to to win back the Senate. Uh, put a, put a mm. pin in that one for a second, right? Then the Democratic Senate would have to blow up the filibuster, right? Um, and they'd have to get that vote through without losing a schmuck like Joe Manchin, right? Did, um, I mean, we we agreed that we've blown up the filibuster. That's uh, nuclear blown. Yeah, right? but that's but that's precedent. only but that's only for appointments. I mean, they'd have to blow up the filibuster for ordinary legislation, right? Um, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And and then what you'd have to do is you'd have to amend the Judiciary Act of 1789. Uh, and then you'd have to fund the super secret uh, cloning machine to clone AOC about a dozen times to to fill all those new spots. I'm mean, just based on her questioning alone. I'm, 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 that's that's and my a top dream choice. I had recently. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. Um, 
so th- that's how you'd have to go about packing the court. And 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 I want to just to continue to, to throw cold water on this. Um, I want to go go back to that pin of of winning back the Senate. Right now, what that would mean is the presidency plus three Senate seats. And, you know, three Mm -hmm. doesn't seem like a big number, but we're talking about the party that in its last wave election won negative two. Um, Yeah, the Senate sucks, by the way. So bullshit, uh, bullshit house. Because it's the me of electorates. (laughs) Um, And And it's the more powerful one and the more bullshit one that's not as democratic. Whatever. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So. so we got to win three seats, uh, but it, but it's actually worse than that because the winning three is counting Doug Jones um, and, you know, defending a Senate seat in Alabama when <laughs> the last time I checked, there aren't any Democrats in Alabama. Yeah, that that. So really what you mean is win four Senate seats. And mm-hmm. um that means like, sure, you, you know, there, there are there are a couple of those, but it, but it means that Democrats in North Carolina, South Carolina, Iowa, Arizona, you know, those are tough states. They're going to have to be super motivated and they're going to have to have stamps. Doesn't seem good. All right, Andrew, last question for you here uh, in William M. Shirer's seminal work, The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. He writes. The horror of the Nazis was not their thoughts or deeds, but that their monstrosity was carried out and forgiven by so-called good men. In the end, Hitler did not happen to Germany. Germany happened to the world. Your thoughts? Um, yeah. So, yeah, not not a question, but but I'll, I'll go. Um, no, let, it, I mean, let me be sort of even less funny for, for a second here. I I firmly believe that when this administration went off the rails was week one of the Trump presidency. And what happened was Donald Trump wanted his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, to be a White House advisor. And that clearly violates the Anti-Nepotism Act, right? I mean, the Anti-Nepotism Act was passed by Republicans to make sure we didn't get another RFK as attorney general, right? Like it, it directly applies in precisely the same circumstances. And the president's lawyers obviously told him that. Right. And then what I think happened was that I think Donald Trump asked a question that no president, right, not even Richard Nixon had ever asked before. I think he turned to them and was like, yeah, 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 sure, I get it. It's illegal. But um, what can they do to me if I violate it anyway? <laughs> and then I think the lawyers were like, well, you know, well, they could impeach you. And he's like, I didn't going to impeach me for that. Uh, and then they were like, well, I, I guess nothing. Right. And that's how we got here. Great. So America happened to the world is what you're saying. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, I, I mean, cool, cool. look, like the the rule of law is a fiction that we have told ourselves for two and a half centuries. And like, I really liked when we all believed in that fiction. Right. I think it's really, really important that we believe in that fiction again. And I think that that should be the fundamental test of whether you can put somebody in the White House is do they think that actually following the law is important or are they going to figure out how to get away with it? No backsies, Andrew. No backsies. Oh. Wow. Uh, Eli, make a funny noise or something. Do like yeah. a... You'll work hard for the Boing. money. <laughs> <laughs> so there, we there we go. We're all yeah. uh, back to the... Back, yeah. Great. All right, let's wrap I was it on, up. I was on to drag, drag things down like I always Melania do. singing is You'd always You'd let delightful. me come on opening arguments. I could provide that well-needed, wacky sound effect at the end of each of your segments. <laughs> ah, Answer my... Anytime. Yip, yip, yip. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
And uh, just in case anyone doesn't already know, uh, how can people hear more Andrew Torres? Yeah, if you're not thoroughly depressed already, I depress you twice a week on the Opening Arguments podcast. Just just start typing Opening Arguments and, and you'll get there. All right, Andrew, uh, last thing. Any particular song lyrics you'd like to hear as part of a genital compliment for our newest Patreon donors? Ooh, is that, is that going to be a thing? Because I, I love that uh, uh, on the last... Uh, that is that. a new part of the format. Oh, I love it. Um, let's see. Uh, how about... Let's uh, let's kick it old school. Let's do a little ACDC and uh, big balls, huh? They should, <laughs> they should be held every night, right? <laughs> Excellent. On that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to Andrew Torres. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Kyler, Tiffany, Jared, Christopher, Karen... I own latercheese.com, <laughs> Shannon, Stephen, and Tony Stark, whose beautiful ovaries and testicles are upper, upper class high society, God's gift to ballroom notoriety. They always fill their ballroom. The event is never small. And all the social papers say they've got the biggest balls of all and ovaries. Um, is big ovaries a thing? Do people want that? Are know. women... I wonder. You're thinking of gender in a very binary way. I don't like it. <laughs> no, I'm just asking if women think big ovaries are good. And <laughs> like, I think also men. Like, I'm curious like, if men, whoever. Like roomy? Like, <laughs> how would yeah, that work? I don't know. I don't know. Spacious certifix. <laughs> Let us know if you're into ovaries. Sounds like size. a two-bedroom apartment in, uh, in New York or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll find out. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. One guy. He is the creator of the virtuosic entire band musical stylings you heard today, <laughs> which were used with his permission and his bands. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band of people called Evil Giraffes on Mars. One guy. Until next time, entire band of people. Catchphrase sign off. <laughs> Keep buying websites. <laughs> <laughs>
in 10 years being like, please take this Snicker bars from me. I can't come without you taking away this Snickers bar. <laughs> and uh, they will have a delightful time, I can tell you. <laughs> I guess it's it's controlled trauma. Yeah. Yeah. You want chaotic trauma instead? I'm like, come on. <laughs> Andrew! Andrew! Hello? <laughs> Andrew! The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.